The Paul Kaharski Podcast is brought to you by the Yazoo Brewing Company, celebrating 15 years of beer in Nashville, Tennessee. Hey guys, welcome to the Paul Kaharski Podcast. I am his lucky co-host, Madison Blevins, and I'm excited to be back with you guys for the second straight week. PK, how's it going? Yeah, it's like a record with you going two weeks in a row. I think that uh, that's nice that you call yourself lucky and that, uh, yeah, you could call me boss if you want. I don't know. We had <laughs> oh, a, don't push it. Don't push we had, it. We had a funny uh, text exchange this week where that slipped out and uh, I liked it. So run with it. How you been? <laughs> well, you know, I've been better. I do have a little bit of a cold right now. So I apologize if my voice is a little off and I sound weird. I am coughing a little bit and choking up. So I will apologize for that. But, you know, you wanted to record. So I'm recording anything like, for you, PK. I like that. I like that. I came up with the new slogan today. I wanted to see what you thought of this. I said it um, at the beginning of the midday 180. When somebody was indicating that I wasn't uh, wasn't very diplomatic, and I said diplomacy is not my thing, and a couple of people proposed that that be like a, a website slogan or a hashtag. Should I should I get shirts made up with the megaphone and diplomacy <laughs> is not my thing? No, can't we add some positivity You'd to the Paul Kaharski name? How about? I mean, it would ring so hollow, wouldn't it? That's positivity. I mean, That's positivity about non-diplomacy. Uh, some people seek diplomatic solutions. I'm, I, I don't necessarily seek a diplomatic solution, and that's not automatically negative. I think that what's negative is the way that you and other people react to something that's not Im- immediately positive. What? Okay, so if somebody is seeing that for the first time on a shirt or on a bumper sticker, you don't think that their initial reaction is going to be negative? Love it. I think they'd love it. I think some people would take it and get, get it tattooed. Diplomacy is not my thing. Or maybe not PK's thing. I don't know what the best way. I was having an argument yeah. with, a, with a, uh, a guy who runs a, a eight-year-old baseball league. That's where diplomacy was not my thing. Because uh, they, they've forced uh, four teams, uh, a league that basically had four teams is going to have three all-star teams. And to me, it's just too much of a uh, everybody gets a trophy kind of scenario, and uh, I'm not ple- I'm not pleased. So Simon's going to be in a really good All Star baseball team, but three or four kids are going to have to sit all the time, and uh, some of us have had to give up our coaching duties and the like. And I just don't think it's the right way to have done it. I protest. So Simon is going to be an All Star. Yeah, he was an all-star last year and a district champ, but apparently they weren't satisfied with that. So now they have to have multiple all-star teams, which uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous. So how and does also, that work? Everyone's an all-star? Well, there are three teams worth of all-stars. Uh, no, there are two teams worth of all-stars because we had to combine with uh, with another team. So it'll be fine. I- and Go ahead. I'm just going to say I did hear you had a very emotional night last night. It was very emotional. He played his last soccer game. There's one more on Saturday, but we'll be on our way to vacation. So he played his last soccer game with this gang of kids that he's been with since he was three and a half. A lot of them have played together since he was three and a half. Some of them have been added along along the way since he was three and a half. And these are, he considers these guys his best friends. They're a lovely group of kids. I love these boys. I've helped coach them 
uh, in soccer and, and a lot of them overlap into baseball. And we love their parents who we've become good friends with and stuff. But it's time for them to get more soccer wise and uh, coaching wise and, and opportunity wise. And we've commuted a long way to soccer for a long time and uh, with, you know, potentially double the practice schedule and more games and all of that. It's kind of crazy for us to commute that far. So he's been auditioning for some, for some new teams. The one he auditioned for most recently, two kids from his school showed up and he said, dad, I want to play for this team. Oh, nice. That was the number one, number one thing was that uh, uh, Brooks and uh, now I'm going to forget the other kid's name. But two guys, two guys from school were there, so that was a relief. That will that'll be a easier transition. A lot more stress connected to eight-year-old sports than I want to admit. I have not had a chance to play for him the uh, Laurel slash Yanny audio, which I know your work week oh, has gosh. basically been oh, composed gosh. of uh, of discussing this. Uh, we don't need to spend long on it because everybody's discussed it. But you, uh, you have a clear side to this, and I think you're on the right, the right side, the winning side. I can't wrap my mind around this. So actually, I just heard it yesterday morning. I saw a tweet, and everyone was like, Laurel, Yanny, and I was like, okay, what am I missing right now? So I just Googled Laurel, and this pops up, and I play it. And I'm like, wait, what am I? Is this actually a discussion? This is clearly saying Laurel. Like to me, it was like the most clear thing, like word I've ever heard. I didn't even know that people could think that it said Yanny. And then so I played it for like some of my coworkers next to me. And they were like, oh, yeah, it says Yanny, which to me just blew my mind. But you know what I will say? Spoiler alert to uh, anyone who hasn't done this yet. I was told that the guy who started all of this admitted to recording the Webster Dictionary pronunciation of Laurel. So it's Laurel. I mean, I think it's been proven that because of the pitch levels or whatever it is that that some people can hear Yanny, but I think they're freaks. And I proposed on Midday 180, and I just want to reiterate it here in case people didn't hear it that we should divide the nation based at least for a week on whether you hear Laurel or Yanny, not on whether you'd lean liberal or conservative, or if you're a Trump person or not a Trump person or any of that, let's divide the country on Laurel and Yanny and put all these other differences aside. And just for a year, for a week, <laughs> let's fight about this. Now we're two days into that, but I, I think this would be great if we could just divide on something different and uh, I believe I said the same thing about the, what was it, uh, blue the dress. dress, white dress. Was it blue or white? There was gold in it. It was blue or white. It was like gold and blue or white and black or something. But no, I get that it's been proven. Right? <laughs> no, I get that it was proven that it was because of the um, pitch levels and that if you hear Laurel, that means you hear lower, lower frequencies or whatever. But even when they altered, you guys altered on the midday 180, the the pitch, I didn't hear Yanny. I heard like Yimmy or Jimmy. Like I didn't hear Yanny. Yeah. Well, you, you probably heard Yummy because you deep 
in your subconscious, oh you're craving actual food. Here we go. So wow. Like, mm, 10 minutes yummy. into the podcast, yummy. we're already talking about food, my diet. Steak, chicken wings, meat. Unreal. Yeah. All right. Let's talk for a moment about Mike, Mike Brabel. I, I thought that uh, we'll talk in the second half of, of this about uh, access, which I'm obviously struggling with some of the changes in access. Uh, but Mike Vrabel, last Saturday when they had a rookie uh, minicamp practice that was partially open and where we got to talk to him and, and to the four draft picks, uh, said something that was interesting to me. Uh, he talked about um, learning something from sitting in a coach's meeting. He sat in coach defensive back coach Kerry Combs's meeting and heard him tell the rookies um, – that it's okay to be nervous because when you're nervous, that means you care. And I thought it was really cool. Uh, I, I'm sure there is stuff that trickles up from a, from a position coach to the head coach, but most of the stuff trickles down, right? The main messages are set by the head coach who then makes it clear that he wants these things to trickle to the offensive and defensive coordinators and to trickle down to the position group meetings, large themes, um, specific messages, all kinds of stuff moves in that direction, cascades down. Um, and so I thought this one little example that came from Vrabel about, you know, this stance on rookies being nervous at the beginning was interesting in that it came from Kerry Combs, who, um, is, he graduated, uh, he graduated, Combs graduated high school the year, uh, four years after Vrabel was born. So Vrabel hired a guy who uh, he was a big fan of at Ohio State when they worked together. Uh, the, the defensive back coach is a lot older than Vrabel. And the young, brash, alpha coach uh, clearly is not afraid to uh, learn something from a, an older guy he was smart enough to hire. I, I thought that was interesting, and I thought it kind of offset some of the tone of what everybody's been talking about with the Vrabel, particularly from the media angle, where, where we're not happy uh, with the control that he's taken on some stuff. So I thought that was an interesting Titans story there. Um, what, what's your impression of Vrabel Speak, in I, terms of command? Like, is it too much for you as a fan from your vantage point? Oh, I'm a fan now. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean – uh, no, I was going to say, I get I get what he is trying to do. He's coming in. He's inheriting a new team, you know, a whole new coaching staff. He wants to set the tone and he wants to say, hey, this is my team. I'm running this. I get that. I think it is a little extreme to the point of not showing that much in the rookies. Um, and it's like you said, you spent your Saturday going out there and you didn't really get that much out of it. But, I mean, it's it's May 17th. What are we trying to show in those rookies right now that is not going to show down the road in the actual OTAs and then training camp and rookie mini camp? So, and, and what is Vrabel trying to hide by showing that on Saturday, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I don't think he's necessarily trying to hide anything. I just think he's trying to further uh, establish control 
and uh, this is the way it's going to be. Now, I've gotten some some indications about access, and we're going to talk a little bit more about access in the second half of this uh, for members only because I think it's some insight that uh, that deserves to be on the paid-for side of this deal. So we will circle back to that. Other news that came out this week, league-wide, Hard Knocks is going to be with the Cleveland Browns. I, I'm a fan of Hard Knocks. A lot of people feel like it's played out. I, I feel like any time you get to see behind-the-scenes stuff of an NFL team, uh, any of it's interesting. You know, a lot of people will talk about the star power of a team or, uh, or all of that stuff. I think it's very interesting. The thing I think about hard knocks is I, I, I think two things can happen here with Hugh Jackson. Uh, he could be exposed as fraud in a way that a lot of people already think he is considering that he's won one game in two years. Um, he could be exposed as the fraud that a lot of people think he is. Like, does he? Uh, what kind of command does he have? How well is he sending the messages? But he's also a very media savvy guy, uh, and not just media savvy, but uh, unable to not be a media guy. And I wonder if he's going to play to the cameras in an unhealthy way that is going to distract from his team. I think most coaches in the league would be super conscious of not doing that. I wonder if you Jackson might not be able to stop himself on at least some subconscious level right. from playing to the cameras. My question there though is, do you think that the Browns decided to do this because they're going to build it around Baker Mayfield? Well, I feel like everything that he brought into his whole documentary of leading up to draft day was just so extra for a lack of a better term. And I feel like that's part of the reason that Hard Knocks and the Cleveland Browns have paired up is did you find because of Baker Mayfield. Did you find what you saw of Baker Mayfield leading into the draft interesting? Uh, yes and no. Yeah, I mean, uh, look – I, I could, He's, it didn't really give me much. He's got I guess a good I could personality, say. and uh, you know the the growing pains of a, of a top draft pick rookie quarterback is an interesting storyline. It's been played out before. Um, heck, uh, I think the Rams were on Jared Goff just a couple of years ago, right? And that, that's where we found out that he didn't know that the sun rises in the east. Uh, I hope it goes better for Baker Mayfield than that. Um, but, I mean, they've got some good storylines. Josh Gordon's return from trouble and can he stay out of trouble. Uh, Miles, Miles Garrett, obviously uh, uh, a phenomenal pick. Greg Williams has a giant personality. I'm, I'm pretty done with Greg Williams, but uh, that's, he still plays interestingly to some people. Um, and, again, uh, you know, a team trying to dig out of a huge hole. And the thing is, you know, uh, maybe Hugh Jackson uh, – you know, Hutton's of the of the theory that you Jackson will be gone by uh, the the middle of uh, of the season. Fire is not John Dorsey's guy, the new GM, but the the owner dictated that he stick around. Um, so maybe he digs starts to dig his own grave earlier uh, during training camp, and we see it on, on HBO. Um, I'm not sure about that. I wanted to before we get to halftime here. Um, I've got a, uh, a typical example of what ESPN does uh, with the people who hold the jobs like the one that I used to hold. Um, I, I, obviously, I, uh, I blogged on the AFC South for several years and then was the ESPN's, ESPN.com's Titans guy. 
Uh, and a lot of people seem to like uh, the inner workings of ESPN stuff that I share. So ESPN has a uh, th- this is I'd just like to show off the mindless editors angle. If you're on the ESPN's uh, NFL page now, which I don't like to spend a lot of time on because I don't like to give them um, a lot of clicks, you know, and there are some interesting headlines there. The crazy underworld of uh, of undrafted NFL free agency or the top moments from 12th season of seasons of hard knocks. If I wasn't reluctant to give ESPN uh, clicks, I would head to those things. Here's a terrible headline. What rookies plan to do with their first paycheck, right? Uh, there's a little like uh, headline above that says, that says spending spree, question mark. Now, this is an editor-created thing. I could tell you the editor who probably created it. John Plume probably created it. Oh, my gosh. Right? John Plume. <laughs> Terrible. What NFL rookies plan to do with their first paycheck? So people who have not been in an NFL locker room, maybe ever, or in a long, long time, they've got access to 32 reporters, and they say, hey, ask your top draft pick what he's going to buy special with his first paycheck. Now, his first paycheck really uh, – uh, that alone is bad terminology, his first paycheck, because they get a signing bonus when they sign their contract. So, I mean, I guess right. it's his first paycheck when he gets his signing bonus, but your paycheck is what you get every week or every month, Right. A signing bonus is not like me or you getting our first paycheck when we start a new job. Bad, bad enough at that. But I was there when Cam Wolf, uh, my replacement, ESPN, <laughs> and, and a, 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 a fine gentleman, but where he was forced, he is great. He was forced. Let's not go crazy. Where he was forced to uh, ask Rashawn Evans this question, and here here was Rashawn Evans's answer. I haven't thought about that yet. Right now, I'm just thinking about saving. My mom and dad, they could care less, could care less, which is wrong, if I bought them anything. If I were to get them something, it would be all in my heart and what I want for them to have. Okay? Now, if you're a reporter. Aw, that's a great answer. No, it's a terrible answer. It says nothing. If you ask this question of a number one draft pick, that's fine. When you get this answer, here's what you do. When you get this answer, here's what you do. No, and you I, throw it away. You're done with it. It's a non-story. It's a non-answer. It's boring as paste. It's shaped no, by Titan's PR department. It's a guy intentionally working to say nothing. He, he. I mean, it's a better answer than 10 guys who say they're buying their mom a car, which is also boring and predictable. This is a stupid no, think- John Plume idea forced on 32 reporters that produces an uninteresting reaction but but says, hey, look, we have 32 answers from 32 different guys. You can't defend this, Madison. It's stupid. No, I, I don't think that – I think the whole, like, idea of it is really stupid. But I think his answer is that, oh, I haven't even thought about that because I'm just focused on football. Like, he's kind of shooting yeah. it down. Yeah, right. He's saying, saying I'm not answering your well. question. I'm not answering yeah. your question because it's a bad question. Exactly. So when a guy says I'm not answering your question, it's a bad question. You know what you don't do? Publish his answer. You you go away from it to something more interesting, but ESPN. But don't you have to publish it if the angle is there? If that's what your angle is for ESPN.com, you have to publish that. Well, ESPN has to publish it because John Plume or whoever has decided that they're going to do this. But what I'm saying is, when you send it out to your reporters and they come back with a shit answer, they should be able to tell you it's a shit answer and we shouldn't run it. But what they do is run it anyway. 
that that's the problem at ESPN with stuff like this. And most of these answers are shit answers. What you should do is take the five good answers. I don't know if they're that many, but take the good answers and build something out of that. But what they want is to be able to check a box where Titans fans equally happy with the good, with their, you know, being represented as all the people from the other teams are and anything that okay. 32 teams they think is going to get clicked on. No, I guess my question then to you is what is a good answer for that question? Well, like, I'm, you, I'm not going to say I think that, that was like a mature response well, I, I mean, that he gave. I'm not, I'm not beefing with Harold Landry. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not beefing with Rashawn Evans if that's his answer. It's just funny. I could have a question that I take to 10 guys in the locker room. If all of them don't have an interesting answer to it, I don't use it anywhere. Right. If three of them have a good answer, I use it. But if none of them have a good answer, I scratch that off my list and I go on to the next thing. So I hate stuff that forces somebody like Cam Wolf to endure asking a, a question that produces a bad answer and then has to put his name on it at ESPN.com. I'm not particularly sympathetic to him, but I'm sympathetic to him on that front. That is uh, the end of the first half of this podcast. Madison, <laughs> tell people how good it's going to be on the other end of this podcast. Well, as you have heard in the last 20 minutes, there's going to be a lot of agreeing to disagree between PK and I, because that's all we do on these podcasts. Um, but the best stuff is yet to come. And that, like PK has mentioned, is for members only. And guys, it is really not that expensive. It's just a cup of coffee or a pint of your favorite beer. Just yeah, head dude. over to paulkaharski.com and sign up right now. I will get you going. I will control that for you and get you into this website so you can listen to the second part of this podcast because I guarantee you, you're not going to want to miss out on everything that PK is going to talk about. You also get access to private uh, Facebook Live and Periscope broadcasts. You get uh, everything that I write. You get the second better half of these podcasts and uh, more. There's one element there that I'm forgetting because I am uh, on the verge of vacation and I cannot wait to get sand between my toes. Um, Yazoo Brewing Company sponsors these podcasts. You should check them out. Uh, drink their stuff next time you're at a bar. Buy yourself a six-pack. Fill yourself up a growler. It's great stuff. We're going to talk about Amy Adams' Strunk's stance on Nissan Stadium. We're going to get more into this access. We're going to see what happened to Antoine Woods uh, and more in the second half of the Paul Kuharski podcast. I'll be right back with Madison Blood. The Paul Kuharski Podcast is a joint production of paulkuharski.com and Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com.